The Dr. Taz Show. The podcast. Dr. Taz. Your good health journey starts now. Here's Dr. Taz. Welcome back to Superwoman Wellness, where on every episode of this show, we are going to uncover the secrets to being superpowered and being the superwoman you're meant to be. Joining me today is Dr. Neil Nathan. Now, Dr. Nathan has been practicing medicine for 47 years and has been board certified in family practice and pain management and is a founding diplomat of the American Board of Integrative and Holistic Medicine. That was actually, guys, my first uh, entry into this whole entire field. Um, he also co-founded, I'm um, sorry, he's also a board member of ICEA, which is the International Society for Environmentally Acquired Illness. He's written several books, including Healing is Possible, New Hope for Chronic Fatigue, Fibromyalgia, Persistent Pain, and Other Chronic Illnesses, uh, along with a radio program and podcast on Voice America called The Cutting Edge of Health and Wellness Today. He is also focused on mold toxicity, and that has led to the publication of his book, Mold and Mycotoxins, Current Evaluation and Treatment in 2016, and his most recent book, Toxic, Heal Your Body from Mold Toxicity, Lyme Disease, Multiple Chemical Sensitivities, and Chronic Environmental Illness. I think I need that book. Welcome to the show, Dr. Nathan. Thank you very much for having me. Well, we're thrilled to have you here, and I've been in practice for a much shorter time than you for a decade in integrative medicine, and I am, I've got to be honest with you, we are seeing more and more cases of mold and mold toxicity, recognizing that this is the factor for so many of our patients that have hormone failure or hormone imbalances. I actually have a really tough case that I'm working on as we speak and trying to isolate, you know, what are the next steps for this particular patient. So I could not be more personally excited to have you here, uh, hoping that I'll pull some information out of your your knowledge, your vast knowledge over all these years, and for everybody out there listening, that they also will learn to identify this. So talk to us a little bit about what's happening. What's mold toxicity? Why is it now seemingly becoming so prevalent, and what do we really need to know about it? Well, those are all good questions. Let's start with the first one, uh, which is why would anyone want to even listen to this information? And it's that we're, we're now just beginning to realize that mold toxicity is a much bigger problem than anybody understood. Um, many physicians, in fact, don't even still know that mold toxicity is a problem. Now, for years, we've known that mold allergy is a big deal, but we've now realized that, that about 25% of all people don't, aren't able to get rid of mold toxin from their body. So you could be in a moldy environment, and your colleagues or coworkers could all be fine, and you could be really sick. So mm-hmm. we're beginning to understand, again, that mold toxicity is really common. We would estimate now that about 10 million Americans have it. For those of you on the East Coast who are exposed to Sandy, it, it produced a tremendous amount of mold, and um, it, it still probably goes unrecognized that some of you are not well because of that exposure. Well, that is absolutely a concern. Now, what are some of the symptoms? Well, before I get to symptoms, I want to ask a question. Do we feel like mold exposure is necessarily on the rise? Does it have anything to do with how we make buildings, how we make homes, uh, our weather, climate change? Are there any factors where this is a new issue or or just it's just an unrecognized issue? Well, first of all, it's not a new issue. It's written about in the Old Testament. There's a whole section on if you've been in a moldy 
building about how to treat that and how to work with that. Wow, so, really? No, it's fascinating. Yeah, it, 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 it's in Leviticus. So, I mean, it's not new, <clears throat> but it's definitely on the rise. And uh, there's a lot of reasons for that. You correctly allude to the fact that as we have made buildings tighter and tighter in order to conserve energy in those buildings, we've also made them much more poorly ventilated so that if mold gets a toehold in a water-damaged building, which is almost always where it comes from, then it starts to grow, um, if you will, out of control. And so we are being exposed to the mold spores, which are what make the toxin that make us sick. Mm, interesting. Okay. And does climate change have anything to do with this or not really? Oh, I'm sure it does. Just look at the floods we've had in Houston yes. and the hurricanes in Florida and the huge, um, we've had floods here in Northern California in the last few years, the fires that have burnt out of control. Um, all of those things add to the toxicity of our environment. So mm. it, 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 it's partly that because of the toxicity of our environment, meaning there are literally thousands of chemicals that we're now being exposed to, which didn't exist 30 years ago. And that means that our livers have to process that. And then if we're adding to it the extra burden of mold toxins, it just kind of overloads the system. It's kind of like hit that tipping point. Absolutely. So what are some of the most common symptoms? Like how would somebody know that they might be suffering from mold toxicity? What have you seen or research that are they're sort of like, hey, this, this sounds like mold toxicity versus something else? Well, first of all, the symptoms are so universal because of what, what causes it that it could be almost anything, meaning um, mold toxicity is caused by the fact that the toxin triggers an inflammatory process in the body, and that inflammatory process can affect virtually any organ system. So it can affect the brain, causing cognitive issues, difficulty with focus, memory, concentration, brain fog. It can profoundly affect emotion when it mm -hmm. affects the limbic system. It can cause intense anxiety and depression and hopelessness. It can also cause joint pain, muscle pain, muscle weakness, dizziness, um, imbalance, um, increased sensitivity to light, sound, chemicals, touch, um, gastrointestinal issues of every type. It can cause shortness of breath and something that looks like asthma with wheezing, shortness of breath, but mm -hmm. isn't. It's actually just mold toxicity. So the, the symptoms are widespread. There's a few mm -hmm. symptoms that are really specific for mold toxicity. So if someone has what we would call electrical-type pains or ice-pick-type pains, mm -hmm. those are really fairly specific for mold toxicity. Also, if someone has the new onset of chemical sensitivity or intense sensitivity to the stimuli in their environment, um, that also is a real sign of, of mold toxicity. Wow. And could you dial into, um, especially for our audience, could you dial a little bit into how mold and mold toxicity affects women's health and hormone balance and the HPA axis. I think that's something that even I in practice am seeing a little bit more of. So I'm curious to see what, what your thoughts are there. Right. And I think that all physicians might be seeing it, but might, might not recognize that this is a piece of it. So mold toxins specifically affects the pituitary, as you are correctly alluding to, meaning mm -hmm. 
it really inter- it inflames it so that it interferes with its ability to regulate adrenal, thyroid, and female hormone and male hormone systems. So that with that regulation messed up, getting someone balanced in terms of their hormones, be they adrenal or thyroid or estrogen or progesterone, it's like hitting a moving target. So mm. you won't be able to balance that unless you recognize that mold toxicity is there and treat it and get that mold toxicity out. Wow. So even before hormone balancing, is this something that needs to be dealt with first? Well, both. Number one, if hormones are really um, not being regulated properly, I really think it helps to at least get someone onto the playing field so mm-hmm. that if you have a profoundly low estrogen, progesterone, thyroid, or adrenal, really helps to at least give some of that so that you can help that body be in better balance while you treat the mold toxicity. On the other hand, if you don't recognize that that's there and it isn't being treated, then you're going to be bouncing all over the place. So fascinating. So how do you, since the symptoms are all over the place, how do you diagnose mold toxicity? What is the way that you found to be the most valuable and the most reliable in your experience? Well, the answer to that is the good news is we have a quite accurate urine mold test meaning we can measure the mold toxins called mycotoxins in the urine by just collecting it. And you can do a better job collecting it if that individual will um, take a sauna or do a hot bath the night before they collect their urine. But simply providing a urine specimen allows the laboratory to measure most of the measurable mold toxins. And if those numbers are up, you've got it. And And to take you to the next step, and then it's not that hard to treat it, meaning if we know which toxins are involved, we know which binders to use to help pull that out of the body. So let me just repeat that for everybody out there listening. So you're saying the most reliable diagnostic test is a urine mycotoxin test. Is that correct? That's absolutely correct. Okay, and I know there are a couple of companies out there that will do the urine mycotoxin test. And if any, so some of these tests come back and multiple different strains are are positive and sometimes you get conflicting information. But you're saying if there is a strain there, uh, that's enough, that you have a positive finding, just move forward towards treatment. Is is, Am I understanding that? You are. Of course, it's a lot more complicated than that because you have to align the patient's symptoms Mm -hmm. with the numbers you get on your test. So, but if you have someone who is manifesting all these various symptoms of mold mm-hmm. toxicity and mm-hmm. they have an elevated level, it's in the category of if it waddles like a duck and it quacks like a duck and it looks like a duck, it's probably a duck. Do you have a favorite lab that you like to use for urine mycotoxin testing? Actually, actually there are two very good labs uh, and they both measure it completely differently, so they actually provide different and very useful information. There's Mm -hmm. the Real-Time Laboratory in Houston and the Great Plains Laboratory in, I believe, Wichita, so near Kansas City. Um, Both of those laboratories do an excellent job measuring it, and, and that's almost in the slam dunk category, that if you get an elevated level of mycotoxin on that test, 
Um, you really need to pay attention to that and, and consider treating it. Got you. And then what about, uh, I'm just going to ask one more lab question, guys, and I'm going to move on. What about Quicksilver? Is that a lab that you've used before? Or? I have. Quicksilver's lab, um, first of all, I, I don't believe they measure mold at all. They do measure heavy metals, and their most accurate test is the tri-test, which measures mercury toxicity. Gotcha. But, okay. but Quicksilver wouldn't be something you would use for this particular uh, Perfect. Okay. So, all right, we've got positive, you've got a history that's suspicious for mold, you've got maybe a positive finding, you know you're in a moldy environment, you're in a damp environment, um, and by the way, I see a lot of mold and candida go together, I don't know if you have comments on that, but what what's the best treatment strategy? So this is where, again, much like Lyme disease, the field starts to open up and there's mass confusion, so you have so much experience, what's the best treatment strategy when it comes to mold toxicity? Well, uh, first of all, the, if we have mold toxicity, the person needs to go over the environment that they live and work in, because if there is mold still in the environment they're living and working in, they won't get better unless they fix that, either by remediating it, if that's possible, or by leaving that environment and going to a safer place. Mm-hmm. You just can't get well if you stay exposed to mold. Second, you want to use the correct binders. And by that, I, I mentioned before that all of the different mold toxins are not all the same. We use different binders for different toxins. Um, so in, in my new book, um, Toxic, Heal Your Body from Chronic Mold Toxicity, yada, 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 um, mm-hmm. I do lay out for both consumers and physicians which binders work best for which toxins. So it's pretty well laid out there. Um, kind of as a very, very clear roadmap as to how to go about doing that. And, and lastly, for those patients where this is not sufficient to just use binders, we've realized that for some patients, the mold has been in their body long enough that it's actually colonized, meaning mold is actually growing in their gut or sinus areas, and we need to use antifungal treatment to get it out. So uh, commenting on the fact that, yes, absolutely see candida present mm-hmm. a lot in, in those patients. And one of the mold myco, uh, one of the mold mycotoxins that we measure called gliotoxin, uh, we believe also reflects that it, a, a significant growth of candida in the body. So we can measure it, but then as treatment proceeds, we can remeasure that urine and show that we're actually getting it out of the body. Fantastic. And for everybody out there who doesn't know what a binder is, can you throw out a couple names of some binders that you talk about in your book um, and commonly use. Sure. Some of, so some of the commonest binders are things that you're all probably familiar with, um, bentonite clay, activated charcoal, chlorella. Um, another common binder that we would use is the good yeast, Saccharomyces boulardii. Um, those are some of the commonest ones that you can all get easily from any health food store or over the internet. And specifically for one of the toxins, which is ochratoxin, mm-hmm. there are medications, particularly called Wellcol and cholestyramine, that can specifically bind that toxin to pull it out of the body. Fantastic. So is a binder enough would be my next question. So once they, I know someone out there is going to listen to this and be like, 
I've got this. I'm going to go buy a binder from my local store. I'm going to pick one of the ones he just mentioned. Is that going to be enough for treatment? No, and I really discourage people from doing that. Um, again, this is a lot more complicated than we can cover in just a few minutes here. Right. But when you take a binder, it mobilizes that toxin so that if you don't get the dose right, it's going to actually pull toxin into the body faster than you can get rid of it, and it will make you worse. And that happens a lot. So you do want to work with a healthcare provider who understands this and can help both monitor and give you the right treatment so that it doesn't throw you under the bus. So important and such a such a delicate issue too. Now, if someone's wanting to learn more about mold toxicity and the treatments and even the practitioners, uh, what's the best way for them to sift through all of that information? Is using your book a good guide? Where else can they turn to for information and for help with this topic? Well, at, at the risk of being self-serving, people tell uh-huh. me that my book is a very good starting point. So, okay, perfect. For sure, read my book. It's simply called Toxic. Second, um, <clears throat> the organization that is uh, becoming prominent now in helping both treat uh, patients and also educating physicians on how to do this correctly is mm-hmm. called ICI, I-S-E-A-I, which you referred to earlier in, the, in this podcast mm-hmm. as the International Society for Environmentally Acquired Illness, just ICI, I-S-E-A-I. And if you go to ICI.org, there's a great amount of information there that will help consumers to get going. In this. And lastly, uh, you know, finding doctors, finding practitioners who who recognize this and can put the testing into effect and put the protocols into effect. What's the best way to find one of them? Same deal. ICI.org will list the physicians who have been trained and ultimately certified in how to do this correctly. I mean, right now, the ICI organization has almost uh, 300 members, and there's a lot of physicians listed there so that you can probably find someone in your area by just going to that portion of the website. Do they offer their own training and certification program, or is it through an outside source? Uh, No, we do. Uh, In fact, the first ICI um, uh, certification process begins just in a few weeks with our first uh, national meeting, and um, there's an actual certification process in which physicians will be taught um, all of the complicated parts of it. I mean, this is not just about mold. It's also about heavy metal toxicity, other environmental pollutants and toxins. It's also about um, stealth infections in the environment, Lyme disease, co-infections, viral infections. All of these things affect the body in a very similar way. They trigger an inflammatory process that the body doesn't know how to turn off until you correctly identify the cause. And so the the purpose of our organization is to um, help physicians understand what all they ought to be looking at, how to treat it, and even in what order. For example, we realize that um, if you're trying to balance hormones and you're having trouble you need to start taking a step back and go, okay, what would be throwing my patient out of balance that I'm not recognizing it? So it becomes a very, very important component. And as I said, this is not rare. 
We're talking about at least 10 million Americans currently have some degree of mold toxicity. And, and it's just something that is just beginning to be understood right now. So if you go to your, your primary care doc and tell them all about this, they're going to look at you like you have two heads. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, I know so some people were, know that listen, feeling. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure you do. So as your listeners yeah. know, you're going to have to be proactive and do some of your own research so that you can understand even what questions you ought to be asking. Absolutely. Well, the book, guys, is Toxic, Heal Your Body from Mold Toxicity, Lyme Disease, Multiple Chemical Sensitivities, and Chronic Environmental Illness. The organization, again, if you didn't catch it, is ICI.org. It's the International Society for Environmentally Acquired Illnesses. And this has been so enlightening, and I know that this is just becoming more and more of an issue as we navigate our world and navigate everything that we're all getting exposed to just kind of a funny personal story my husband who grew up in in delhi and in india like hates the homes here in the states he's like why do we make wood homes you know homes should be made of concrete you know you're going to have mold when you've got all these wood homes and the minute water hits it then it's going to grow so it's just funny how we're sort of set up for this illness but we still conventionally don't really recognize it thank you so much for taking time out today to join me if people want to ask you questions and you know maybe uh learn more about what you do what's the best place for them to go to well i I certainly do a lot of consultations with a lot of physicians and patients and if they go to my website which is simply uh, neil nathan uh, my website is neilnathanmd.com and if they have questions they can go to ask dr nathan um, at gmail.com Ask Dr. Nathan. Got it. And I just called you the wrong name back, and I apologize. But it's ask Dr. Ask Dr. Nathan. Dot com. Correct. At gmail. Dot com. Right. Okay. Perfect. My name, Neil Nathan MD. Dot com. It has quite a lot of information on my website. Perfect. Well, this has been very enlightening for me. Hopefully for all of you listening today, you feel the same way. Dr. Nathan is a wealth of information. Check out his resources, his book, and the International Society for Environmentally Acquired Illness. I really, guys, I'm seeing this in practice so, so, so much. And it's been one of those things that's been challenging to identify and understand because the symptoms really are all over the map. They're so vague. But I think the more that we're all educated and more aware of the environments in which we live in, we're just going to work together to, you know, really empower one another to be who we're meant to be. So thank you for listening to this episode of Superwoman Wellness, which is now on Spotify as well. If you have questions about today's show, connect with me on Instagram or Facebook at Dr. Taz MD. And if you enjoy the show, please rate and review it and share it with your friends. Dr. Nathan, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to enlighten us. I look forward to reading more and learning more from you. And hopefully we can have you on again soon. That would be great. Thank you very much. Thank you. Take care.